This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free. So do enjoy those. They're on us once again. That's freetalklive.com. Well, last night, Mark, I had actually sold a story during the show that we never got to. Mm. And I thought when I read the story that it was pretty darned important. So I want to make sure we get to it tonight. But also on the way, uh, something about the Consumer Price Index. I know that sounds really dull, but uh, it's going to be explained in, a, in an understandable fashion. Yes? Right. Yes. Okay. Looking forward to that. Uh, so to the email from, actually, Frank Gonzalez forwarding an article from Counterpunch by Pariah. It's called, An Iron Curtain is Descending. And I found it pretty disturbing. Why are you traveling so often to Canada? The tough U.S. border guard barked. I was on Amtrak going from New York to Montreal, as I'd done a dozen times before over several decades. This was my first experience, the summer of 2006, of the increasingly standard and intrusive U.S. exit interviews on trains crossing the border. I've been hassled. Interesting. Exit interviews? Exit interviews Hmm. going on right now in your very own free country. I've been hassled on every train crossing since then, most recently January of 2007. The U.S. now has a combined FBI-compiled file of all arrests and charges at all government levels for millions of Americans, and this is instantly viewable by police in many jurisdictions. Really? Including border officials of the U.S. and most other countries. In some cities, local police can access this file via one's license plate. The files do not show the favorable disposition of arrests that did not lead to charges or of dismissals and findings of innocence. And what's this entry So it just has arrests? It doesn't have convictions? That's what it sounds like, Oh, my God. That's terrible, because you could be arrested for murder and get off, and then you look like a murderer to these people. And what's this entry stamp from Canada with no country of departure? Was that from Cuba? You know U.S. citizens may not travel to Cuba. You could be imprisoned and fined. This is what the border guard was God. saying to the guy. This line of questioning You should is, do it with a, uh, like a really thick, uh, comical German accent. This line of questioning has often been part of, or has been part of, every exit interview since. The first time, the guard took my passport and kept it for about 30 minutes. Others, Canadians and foreigners, as well as U.S. citizens, were getting similar queries, but mine took much longer. We'll let the Canadians handle this, the guard said as he handed back the passport. Moments later, across the border, I heard a Quebecois immigration agent tell her colleague, gesturing at me, he's the one. She, too, took my passport for quite a while. She came back with the information from my FBI file. I have a long record of political arrests from civil rights and anti-war actions. The Canadian said the FBI file showed a conviction in 1970 for a draft board sit-in. The agent said I would be admitted only for two weeks to Canada and could not re-enter until my file was fully investigated. She told me that she understood the conviction. So he, he was convicted 37 years ago. That's correct. Uh, excuse me, arrested 37 years ago. Mm-hmm. For sitting. It was a conviction. It was a conviction. For a draft board sit-in. For a draft board sit-in. Yeah. And they're... Giving him trouble about going to Canada for that? Well, she said she understood the conviction was for a political act with which Canada agreed at the time, but said the Canadians had an agreement with the United States to investigate such cases. Two weeks after I'd returned from Canada, the Canadian immigration agent called me, saying, 
We have fully investigated your dossier. You've been approved and are welcome to return when you wish. Swell. Since that time, I continue to be hassled by the U.S. exit police, but I'm always dealt with quickly and politely by the Canadians. It's clear from my experience, as well as that of the U.S. Green Party and peace activists barred from entering Canada during anti-globalization demonstrations two years ago, uh, you can see where his politics are, that a million or more former peaceniks and other radicals will now see more and more attempts to keep them at home. Most Americans are unaware of the new police state procedures of U.S. officials who seek to keep millions of Americans from traveling, including trips across the border to our north, once thought the least difficult international frontier in the world to cross. Yeah. There are now regular stops and internal checkpoints for cars traveling toward, away, or near the border in states from Maine to Washington. We've talked about those. We talked about them down in Texas. They're uh, also on the northern border. These checkpoints that aren't actually near the border, they're 100 miles in from the border or 50 miles in from the border, just a installation where manned by border agents, where they're just stopping everyone and searching people. They're kind of like um, these way stations for trucks, but everybody has to stop, yep. and they just get searched. It's very strange. It's it's like, I don't know, I, stopping people and searching them just inside the country? Not very freedom-oriented. This includes permanent checkpoints on interstates 100 or more miles from the border in New York and Vermont, as well as moving patrols who stop motorists in all parts of the border states. I remember when we were driving up to the Ed Brown household, we essentially uh, came to the understanding, and I don't remember who told me about this, but one of the people we were driving with says that once you're within a certain mile range from the border, the Border Patrol has the right to, which of course only individuals have rights, but they will stop you for whatever reason they want to, and they can and will search you for any reason at all. There's no need for probable cause. There's no need for reasonable, articulable suspicion. Uh, as long as you're within a certain mile range of the border, you can be searched. Now, my question on that would be is, um, you know, there's a lot of people that live within that whatever hundred miles of the border or whatever the... Um, the what about their the, houses? What about their houses? If they can search your car without any kind of reason whatever... Just um, a matter of degrees. In violation of the Fourth Amendment, can they just go ahead and search your house? Excellent question. There's the moving patrols that'll stop motorists in all parts of the border state. Some have called these whiteness checkpoints, since border guards often pull over dark-skinned motorists and some people perceived as Middle Easterners. Civil libertarians and others in the border states, including conservative farmers, have protested this dramatic departure from the assumed tradition of allowing Americans freedom of travel, certainly freedom to leave their own country. Homeland Security, which supervises the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Squad, CBP, admits that few terrorists, some say none, have been apprehended by this dubious process, but various sex offenders and other criminals have been caught, and drugs and other contraband have been seized. This, in addition to the exit interviews of Americans leaving by train or bus, which are now routine. One group, aside from dark-skinned people and Muslims targeted by the internal checkpoints, are students and other young people. Because... I mean, they go after the easy targets. Uh, kids sure, those, don't know rights. They don't understand freedom. The likelihood of them catching a terrorist, really slim. But they are likely to catch a joint or two. Persons under 18 cannot cross a U.S. border alone unless they're with a guardian and have a notarized letter from a parent, as well as a passport issued in their own name. Persons between 18 and 21 may be questioned about their intention to engage in behavior, say, sex or uh, drinking or marijuana use. Strongly. <laughs> You're going to ask an 18-year-old what their intention is as far as sex? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm going to ask all kinds of prying questions, because we are the board of God. Well, just and we are protecting America. But, but what does sex have to do with protecting America? Protecting you from going over the border and having sex with some young people in Canada, because <laughs> the age of consent there is only 14. Oh, I see. Strongly penalized in the United States, but either decriminalized or lightly punished in Canada. Up until three years ago, unaccompanied persons over 16 were seldom checked. And longer ago, even younger persons could travel alone or with a non-parental adult. Student groups, including bus tour groups, now report very close scrutiny from the U.S. exit police. Some bus companies now refuse to take groups of students under 21 across U.S. borders simply because of the hassles they face. Gone are the days when an 18 or over driver could skid across from Burlington to Montreal with a car full of late teens hoping to taste the more liberal morals up north. The big media story about all this has been the new requirement that all U.S. air travelers returning home must now have passports, which we reported on, including those coming from Canada, Mexico, and the Caribbean, and that citizens of those countries must also have passports when coming by air as of January 23rd. Similar requirements for passports at land and sea crossings will go into effect sometime after next January 1st, so in 2008. Uh, These measures have been strongly protested by Canada and Mexico to little avail. Aside from the expense of passports, which puts a very, uh, which puts the usual strain on low-income people, having to have passports even to go and come from Canada and Mexico is going to limit a very large number of Americans from international travel. Period. And apparently, that's what the plan is to keep you here. What do you think? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Have you been hassled at the border? This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. That includes archives. An entire year's worth of the show awaits you. You just go and download it. They just click. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. None of that crap. You just go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. Plus, how close were the philosophies of Nietzsche and the Nazis? Check out the fascinating new DVD by Dr. Stephen Hicks, available at Laissez-Faire Books. How did the Nazis come to power in one of the most educated and civilized countries in the world? And was Nietzsche's philosophy the inspiration? Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at LFB.com. That's laissez-faire books, LFB.com. Talking about the border harassment going on right here in the so-called land of the free. It's an article from uh, Counterpunch, and it's entitled, uh, appropriately enough, An Iron Curtain is Descending. The author is uh, goes by the name Pariah, apparently. That's, uh, that's his name. Talking about how he's been hassled in U.S. exit interviews while he's been attempting to cross the border on trains. Apparently, they also conduct these interviews for, uh, for people crossing in, uh, in a variety of other ways as well. You know, I've made the comparison a couple of times on the air, and I don't know if I 100% believed it, but how did they manage to go from um, East Berlin being open because when they split up berlin and and gave uh you know they they split it in four pieces and essentially um you know the free world gave it back and then russia kept its quarter mm-hmm. um of it it excuse me the soviet union um you know and then they walled it off but they couldn't wall it off in a day they didn't just sure. say, you know well, we've got east berlin boom there's yep. the wall so it took a little bit of time how did they manage to what was the transition sell? like 
the idea of we're walling you in to the East Berliners. Keeping them out. I'm thinking that's what they did. That's, well, that's what, what they, they had to have done. That's how they're doing it here. And they're going to build a big wall down on the southern border with the reasoning of, well, we're going to keep these, ba- uh, these bad folk out. And Americans are going to trumpet it from the rooftops as a great idea. And then we're going, and to, be going to be stuck trapped. here. Yes, exactly right. I just, I, you know, I, not that I, I, I haven't been to Canada in quite some time, and, you know, I don't feel terrible about not being able to go, but... But it would be nice to have the ability to just pick up and... Go. Yeah, that's what freedom is. Yeah, the freedom to move from one point to another. It's, it, it seems like, Providing yeah. the private property owners are giving you permission, and of course, uh, we don't have all private property today. We've got public roads and that sort of thing, and so you have the right to travel on those roads, or you should. It's very strange. Well, anyway, let's continue with the story here. Uh, the Iron Curtain pointing out that uh, the, the big news has been about the passport requirement, that now if you're traveling by air to Canada, Mexico, or the Caribbean, you're going to need to have a United States passport in order to re-enter the country. As of 2008, if you're traveling by foot or by bike or by car across the border, you will also need to have a passport. And as the author... Uh, a passport to go to Canada. Yeah. I mean, how? why do we need this? Control, my friend. It's just Control. more bureaucracy. It's more bureaucracy, more money, of course, for the bureaucracies, the bureaucrats, and control. It's very important for them to have this uh, control structure set up so uh, they can so-called protect us from terrorism. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my freedom than this so-called protection and this so-called security and all these exit interviews and being interrogated just because I want to go across the border and smoke a joint in Montreal or whatever the I, you reason know, I just, is. I can't see that Osama bin Laden's billionaire butt can't uh, manage to buy some passports, some fake passports for his uh, terrorist minions that are going to swoop down on us and rip our throats well, out. that's why this is all Seven so asinine. Year, six years after uh, they blew up the towers. That's why all of this is so asinine. I mean, we had the story a few weeks ago, I think it was actually probably a few months ago at this point, about the crackers uh, busting uh, the code on the RFID chips, uh, on the RFID-encoded passports. It's already been cracked, so it's just a matter of if you have the funds to uh, use the black market to get the uh, illicit passports or to get the illicit identification cards or you get your connections at the DMV, the people working on the inside, to give you the stuff legitimately. There's plenty of ways around and to work work in and around the system. It's, it's just, just a, that the regular folk are going to get caught up in inconvenience. It's giving the black market the opportunity to, um, you know, let these people do what they want. Now, we're talking about uh, re- restrictions on travel right here in the United States, restrictions on travel simply to Canada and Mexico. And one group, according to Pariah, that gets very special attention are, as you might imagine, registered sex offenders, of whom there are now just over 600,000 in the United States. Remember, sex offender includes people who are peeing behind a bush somewhere. So this doesn't just this doesn't mean there are 600,000 child molesters. It's 600,000 Sex offender. Well, and we've read uh, story after story about uh, people getting sex charges for the strangest things. You know, right. having sex with a 16-year-old girl who, or a 15-year-old girl who said she was 16 or 17. You know, just a whole variety but of things. But nonetheless, once you've uh, got some girl that took, label. Some girl took pictures of herself, put them on the Internet. She's a 15 sex 15-year-old girl, yep. Yep. Um, some Charged with abusing herself. A 14- and 15-year-old boy and girl had sex with each other, got charged with uh, sex with a minor. These are just bizarre things. So all these people fall into this category, and of course the public generally approves of all measures to limit or control this group of pariahs, never mention the fact that few of them were actually violent rapists, and 
that many are forced to register for decades or life long after minimal offenses, including prostitution and public sex, or in some cases even urinating in public. Beyond sex offenders, though, virtually all the 5 million-plus persons who are on parole or probation for state and federal felonies will be unable to keep or get passports. Another large group are the 4 million or so who are child support delinquents. At the very least, about 2 million deadbeats meet the minimum requirement of being $5,000 or more behind in their payments, which triggers automatic passport cancellation or denial. Among these are at least a half a million teenage fathers, mostly very low-income schooled uh, dropouts, often unemployed and sometimes homeless. All of these groups who are forbidden International travel are related to class and race discrimination. Of the 5 million on parole or probation, a far higher percentage, of course, are black and Hispanic than would be warranted by their prevalence in the overall population. By some estimates, between 13 and 20 percent of all black men are now in this category and thus forbidden to hold or keep passports. Do you see the point he's making? There's a whole section of millions of Americans, you included, Mark, that are not going to be able to cross borders at all. You just can't no, get a passport. No, I can get a passport. I have a passport. Oh, you can? Um, I'm not mentioned in that list. I'm just a convicted felon. Oh, okay. Um, but I can't go oh, to Canada. Oh, state or federal? Oh, okay, you're not on parole and probation. Okay. That's correct. I can't go to Canada because Canada has a rule against um, convicted felons going there or whatever. But uh, not that it stopped me before. But now there's these rules here in the United States stopping... These regular folk, people who've made some mistakes in their past, right. from leaving this country. Most of media attention about the U.S. travel restrictions has focused on harm to tourism and other business, with considerable protests from border communities about a cross-border trade and from the U.S., Canadian, and Mexican travel agencies. A Canadian government website dedicated to an interna- international trade estimates that there has already been an 8% reduction of U.S. visitors to Canada and a 7% reduction of Canadian visitors to the United States. And this will likely rise to 14% or more by the end of 2007 for visitors in both directions. And we already reported on statistics that show that international tourism not coming from Canada and uh, Mexico has already dropped by 20%. Right. You know, of course. So there goes the economy, stupid. 800-259-9231. No, heck no. A 10% drop almost. And it's only going to go up from here as the inconveniences mount as it becomes more and more difficult to cross the border. They're saying they're going to mount. What have you experienced if you've tried to cross the border recently? 800-259-9231. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the wiki awaits over a 1,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKI.freetalklive.com to get to it. There's a lot of content there. In fact, you can edit it uh, at your leisure. Wiki. .freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the war on drugs? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Jack Cole, the Executive Director of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, as well as Rob Campia, Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. 
freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get more information and to get registered and to get the latest on the Liberty Forum because uh, we're just days away from it at this point. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. So we're talking about the Iron Curtain, as uh, one author has put it, from counterpunch.org, an Iron Curtain is descending. Pariah, the author here, talking about how he has uh, crossed the U.S.-Canadian border of few times, a handful of times within the last six months or so, and he's noticed a, a marked increase in the security system in that there are now what they call exit interviews whenever you're leaving the United States. And I think we've heard about these things in the past where people are being asked questions like, well, where are you going to stay when you uh, go? Where are you going? Well, Who are you going to see? It's fine and everything if the Canadian authorities, I suppose, ask me where I'm going to stay and who I'm going to see but in Canada. But these are the U.S. authorities. But I don't feel that the U.S. authorities have any reason to ask me those questions when I'm leaving the United States. Hey, it's ju- your job to secure the United States. Why don't you worry about it? At the beginning of the... Um, actually, as uh, Pariah points out, most media attention has focused on harm to tourism and other businesses. We've seen an 8% reduction of U.S. visitors to Canada and a 7% reduction of Canadian visitors to the United States. That's expected to rise to 14% or more by the end of 2007 for visitors in both directions. Gay tourism to meccas like Montreal and Vancouver is decidedly down, some say as much as 30%. You mean the uh, gay people in America don't want to be hassled by the good old boys in the Border Patrol? Yes, that was, that was my first thought when you said that, uh, is that, you know, they're, if they're just these obvious flamers, that perhaps mm-hmm. they'd get a little more trouble um, from the border guards. They who, must have been feeling the heat because they're not coming, they're not crossing the border now. For this, some reason, they're not doing it. This would reflect the greater likelihood that gay men and women, like non-whites and the poor, would fall afoul of U.S. laws more frequently due to discrimination. At the beginning of the Cold War, Winston Churchill made his famous comment about an Iron Curtain descending across Europe. Like many others, I experienced this Iron Curtain. I faced, an incess- I, I faced incessant exit and entry police interrogations in places like East Berlin and the Soviet borders. In those days, such long waits to get out of a country as well as to get in were limited to the communist bloc primarily. Thank goodness we'd think that this couldn't happen in America. Now that virtually all travel barriers have fallen throughout Europe, including Eastern Europe, and with travel in and out of China and Vietnam far easier than ever before, it is around the United States that the Iron Curtain seems to be descending. As in the Soviet or Chinese blocs before, the elites could travel, but the various dissidents, deviants, and ordinary folk could not. Now, it's not to the point quite yet where old ordinary folk can't travel, but it's getting there, and that's what he's pointing out. The sad fact is becoming increasingly the case for many U.S. citizens today. So far, very few liberals or libertarians have taken note of this chilling trend to limit travel for huge numbers of Americans. Unless protests against these measures grow quickly, it'll be too late to stop or even slow them down. America, like Russia and China before it, will be uh, will become a prison for many of its people. Hmm. 1-800-259-9231. I want to know from you if you've been across the border, both the Mexican or Canadian border recently, and if uh, if you've experienced these exit interviews, uh, if you have what your experiences were. You know, it doesn't seem like it could happen here. But it is. But it is happening here. <laughs> yeah, right now, as we're doing this show, they're putting more plans in place to control your movements. You know, they may never get to the point where they locked it, lock it down completely, but what is the point of all of this? As far as I'm concerned, uh, requiring passports to 
cross the Canadian or Mexican borders, that's like a lockdown. That seems to me to be a lockdown, like a complete lockdown. If you can't jump through the government's hoops in order to get a passport, mm-hmm. you ain't leaving. Yeah, You're stuck here. You, you are asking their permission at this point to leave. Exactly right. Now, you've got less than a year's time before they start requiring passports for people in cars. So if you want to go to Canada, <laughs> this is like the last year that you can do it. If you want to go to Mexico, this is the last year that you can do it easily. Because after this year, when the new restrictions go in, you've got to go and get the passport, which is going to have the RFID chip in it. Now, of course, we've seen uh, possible solutions as to how to take out uh, the RFID chip just, or de- just put deactivate a, it. Yeah, just put a piece of cloth over it and, and hit it hammer. with a hammer. Right. Um, and that seems to be the most effective way. And if you find out there's an RFID chip in anything, you can do that. But the next thing you know, Mark, I mean, what sort of levels of control could they put in beyond the passport? Because... For the government, the security game is never complete. There's always right. some new hole that they've got to fill, uh, there's some a, new patch. There's always going to be secure. You know, the, the government can always raise security until they put us all in padded cells. Well, I mean, I could very easily see one uh, very simple thing that they could be doing uh, soon. Now that the, next year they could institute this mandatory passport thing. And what they might find out is that people that are coming through have deactivated the RFID chips. And so we could create a new crime that if you deactivate the RFID chip in your passport, then you could be detained uh, for extra interrogation at the border. I don't know and if that would be considered a crime, but I could very well see that they would, would it could likely... It be an excuse to harass you. It would likely be that. And so that's just one idea. What have you experienced? Let's go to Miguel in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Miguel. Hello. Hello. Thanks for uh, taking me, having me on your show. Thanks, dude. What's on your mind? Well, um, I had an experience. I was uh, listening to Alex Jones, and I've been... Uh, paying attention to the scene for the past year and a half now, and I really thank you guys for sticking your heads out there and uh, making a stand for the American people, um, even though a lot of other people are just prefer to be in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience I had was uh, I moved from San Diego to New Mexico about a week and a half ago. I have family out here. Okay. And I took the southern route, which I normally take the northern route, through Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. As I was coming down the southern route, I look Hispanic, and I'm not. Gonna, I'm a mix. Right, your uh, name's Miguel, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, for God's sake. You know, my last name's Herblin, so people think of that, they're like, oh my God, you know, what's the difference there? You know, your parents obviously are mixed. So okay. um, when, I, when I was traveling, all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, they had this uh, stop by the Border Patrol, mm. um, stopping American citizens. Was it, uh, was it an installation? Was it like a, a multi-million dollar actual mm. building, or was oh, it just a couple was, cars? No, this was like a couple cars, and they had dogs, and... They pretty much just set up like a roadblock, like a construction site, mm-hmm. and it was just it just appeared out of nowhere. And it honestly, it was just it was kind of frightening because now they're just pulling people over at random, ready to search their cars, um, you know. And it, it just hit quick on me the realism of this RFID chip thing coming into power real soon. You know, uh, um, the American people. The only difference here between this and the Nazis, I'm afraid, are the jackboots and the weird accents. Well, and they haven't started throwing people into uh, concentration camps. Right. Yet. They're not gassing any Jews at this point, but it's just so. I mean, random stops and searches in America. Tell me about it. And, and when I get here to Albuquerque, um, not more than two days pass. On my birthday, I go out to, to see my uh, a friend of mine, and she was living with her parents. So I went to go see her at her parents' house. Mm-hmm. I did not know where that was. I got lost, and a cop pulled me over, suspecting me of being a drug dealer for no apparent reason. Oh, jeez. And I was just sitting there. Oh, he like, had a hey, reason, uh, Miguel. <laughs> yeah. 
I was driving in at nighttime, apparently, and uh, I guess you know because you can't do that in the in the country of America anymore. That you're automatically a terrorist for doing so. How much harassment I, did this uh, did this cop give you? Oh, he was trying to interrogate me and everything. He gave me a court date uh, when he pulled me a over. Court date? A court date for what? Yeah, w- when he pulled me over, he did not tell me I was speeding or anything like that. He began searching the car, looking around with his flashlight, uh, interrogating me as to where I'd been, where I'm going, if I drank anything or, or had. Oh, uh, but taken he's just protecting drugs. and serving. Didn't he's you protected. feel protected and served? Right. I do. I do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I want you to tell me a little bit more about the uh, the random roadblock that you encountered. I want to know a little bit more what exactly that was like. If you could hang on, that would be excellent. 800-259-9231. Were they just spotting people and waving some through but pulling others aside? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Take control of the airwaves. And go to the store at store.freetalklive.com and buy some stuff. We've got all kinds of things there from shirts and hats and flags and bumper stickers. All kinds of Free Talk Live stuff and and high-quality merchandise. And uh, it helps us because we make a little profit on it and uh, we bring liberty to more people. Exactly right. That's store.freetalklive.com, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about the border situation here in this country. Not about immigration, but about the border situation. The fact is that right here in the so-called land of the free, you can't cross borders freely. And I know the excuse is, well, there's an immigration problem, and they've got all sorts of excuses, and terrorism, and... Well, that's what they're using as an excuse to destroy your freedom to travel. It's being done right under your nose. I want to go back to Miguel, who's calling from New Mexico. Now, Miguel, you were traveling down south recently, and there are these internal checkpoints. They have uh, actually two different two different types. They've got a uh, an installation, like a multi-million dollar government facility, uh, you know, with the little stoplights, the green and red lights, and the, the border guards and everything. And then they've got just random roadblocks that they set up, and you encountered one of these random, like, multi-car roadblocks recently. And I'd I like did. to know just what that experience was like for you. You were approaching it. Uh, that what what was the scene? Well, when when I first uh, <clears throat> came upon the the scene, I couldn't actually see it. It was around a bend um, to where you know, as soon as you turn, there it is, boom, right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was leading up to it, it seems more like a construction site than anything that I was coming upon, you know, that you had to slow down, which I did. I was carrying a – I had a trailer behind me, a U-Haul trailer. So um, in their eyes, that gave them more suspicion because apparently they I had, they had reasons for suspicion because I might have been hauling illegal immigrants behind them. And I was literally taken over by laughter because I was like, okay, um, I'm, I'm just moving. I'm a college student, you know, just – Moving back home, mm. just trying to uh, all my stuff in there. You can look inside if you want, but it, it was just a level of inter- interrogation. It made me feel like you know, what is this? I mean, you're an American citizen. I'm an American citizen. You're saying you can't trust me just because I'm traveling? I mean, where, where did where did our country go? I mean, it used to be that you know, if, like like I heard on the commercial, you know, if you don't hurt anybody and you, you're just having a good time and you're not bothering anybody. You're free to do whatever you want. Where did that go? That's the way it was supposed to be. Now, as you were approaching, you say you turned right into essentially this checkpoint. 
Were they just sort of eyeballing cars and waving some through and then waving some aside, or was everyone getting stopped and questioned? Everyone was actually had to, to pull up to the first officer, which had a search dog, and, uh, you know, he kind of went around the, do- the cars with the dog. Then um, the next guy would actually wave you through or not, but you'd have to stop at the second guy to give him your residency, tell him if you were from the U.S. or whatnot. Um, and it, it just it seemed like I was crossing the border to Mexico than anything. Wow. And I, so they... I've been to Mexico plenty of times. Lived in Ensenada for three years when I was younger. Um, and, and back then, in, in the late 90s, before 9-11, it was extremely easy to cross the border, go back and forth, and it seemed so harmonic. Right, and now the world wasn't ending. There wasn't anything terrible right. happening as a result of it. But now totally. what's terrible is this security state that we have, this police state uh, that we've created. And what really bugs me is that the people that are out there advocating for more immigration control, I don't think they realize that they're advocating for more of this crap. Totally. totally. And I, I, I've, seen, I've seen all of Alex Jones' documentaries. I've done my own um, investigation. And it, what he says is true. What you guys say is true. We are living in a police state. The new world order is coming. And well, I don't know. I mean, the new world order, uh, it's, it's a little too conspiratorial for me. If there, that, that I find questionable Possibly. because if there really was a, a group of powerful, evil bankers out there that wanted to crush and suppress uh, freedom and liberties, then why wouldn't they go after the people who are outing them? That, that just doesn't That is sense. possible. That is possible. And I, take those th- I try to take those things into consideration, but, I mean, my instincts are, you know, kind of, Kind of on Alex's side, but I, I agree with you there. I mean, I that's see a where possibility you're, as well. Right, I see where you're coming from, and it's, to me it doesn't matter if there's a secret club that they're all in. Right, whether it's called the right. New World Order and whether it's um, you know right. a bunch of bankers that they can name, the fact is our, our liberties are going away. And, and they're very real politicians that are destroying them, and we can exactly. attack them without any question. And Miguel, thank you for the call. We appreciate the story and, uh, and the call. Wow. Can you imagine coming across that you're several you're a hundred miles in from the border and you run across one of these checkpoints, one of these roving checkpoints for the very first time in your life? Wow! Can talk you talk about uh, just a shock to the system? Can you imagine um, running across it and not being shocked though? I mean, I would imagine most Americans just aren't that shocked. I wonder about. I don't what know. Most I mean, Americans. Uh, why? Why isn't it we haven't? There hasn't been a ruckus raised over this. You don't hear about this on the news. That's true. Maybe they are. Maybe they feel protected by all of this. I R- hope you enjoy stops. your chains, America. Yeah, enjoy because your chains. they're being locked around your legs and arms. You are being shackled as we speak, even though you can't hear them yet. Uh, they're putting this control system in, and you're not going to be able to leave sooner or later. You know, I was talking to my mom. I was uh, just in uh, Sarasota, Florida over, right. the, over the weekend. I, I you know, whirlwind tour there for 20, 20 something hours in mm-hmm. Sarasota. And I was talking to, you know, she was talking about the show and how sort of radical my opinions are and how much more radical yours are. And, you know, she was just sort of mm-hmm. worrying a little yeah. bit. The, you know, As mom, moms do. Moms so do well. that stuff. And I said, you know, Basically, was she concerned that somebody was going to come after you? Or no, she just she was just talking about. Okay, it. and um, you know, I'm like, mom, my big concerns are taxes are really, really high, and we're slowly becoming a police state. And she's like, oh, I would agree with that. I mean, here's a 65 year old woman who's never voted anything but Republican, and as far mm-hmm. as I know, in her life. Um, she just seems like you know, to, to me, she's she's just average America. Yeah. And she says, oh, yeah, we're becoming a police state. Oh, hum. 
And then you know, just sort of matter of fact, like, oh, yeah. Man. Well, it, it, I think state. from her point of view, she's just a little bit on the conspiracy side. She doesn't know any of the stuff about conspiracies, right. but she would believe that kind of thing. I've, I've talked to her in the past, and, and she's she kind of Don't turn her on to that internet. Well, um, actually, on the internet, mostly what she uh, she does, uh, she has a favorite. I, I went to a, a club down in uh, Key West that mm-hmm. was a, a gay you did. a gay pool pool club, uh-huh. and uh, you know I, I'm like waving and saying, "Hey, look at the gay guys and their g strings and stuff." Uh-huh. I'm, I'm here. She goes there all the time. That's cute. <laughs> but but um, she's okay with the police state, huh? It's like she's no not big okay deal. with it. She just is. She's acknowledging it. She's acknowledging it and basically saying, "There's nothing we can do about it." She's wrong. 800-259-9231. I refuse to accept that there's nothing we can do. Maybe That's there is, maybe there isn't. But in New Hampshire. who the hell about? What kind of man am I if I don't try? Exactly right. Uh, when you have kids, you're going to be able to go look look back in, at the past and say you did give it a shot. You did uh, give it your best effort. You know, when you think about all our founding fathers and Benjamin Franklin saying that uh, we'll, if we don't hang together, we'll surely hang separately, and all these men who knew that they were putting their lives on the line. They laid and, everything. And I'm on not the talking line. about just the guys, the founding fathers. Themselves. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the farmer the who, picked up the, who picked up a gun yeah. and let let his field go fallow for a year because he wanted to have freedom. Yep. I'm talking about that guy whose name I don't know. The unsung hero. How is it? How can I? How can I live with myself if I don't do something to I honor can't. that guy? That's why I've devoted my life to uh, the pursuit of freedom. Let's go to Megan in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Take control of the airwaves, Megan. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Great. What's up? Um, I guess I wanted to talk to you guys about um, some of the language and some of the stuff I've heard um, lately on the program. Yeah. Um, I want to preface it by saying that I'm a big fan of the show. I listen to you all the time, and you guys have really sort of changed my ideas about politics and libertarianism. You've you've buttered me up. What do you got? (laughs) So I guess at the same time, I've been hearing a lot of conversations lately. I know when you guys mentioned the Anna Nicole thing, um, I remember, Ian, uh, you know, you talking about her being in Penthouse and Playboy and when someone corrected you and said that she was in Playboy and not Penthouse, you had said, yeah, I mean, she's less of a slut now that she was in Playboy instead of Penthouse. Yeah. You use that term? I might yeah. have. I know I called her a bimbo. Okay. And a slut. Yeah. For sure. And, okay. Well, if you heard it, then you heard it. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, it's I difficult to know it. what you say every night all the time. Yeah, and then I, I mean, there was other conversations I remember you guys had. Um, you were discussing sort of some of the um, lascivious things that cheer, high school cheerleaders were engaged in. Yeah. And again, calling them sluts and things like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Th- that's you guys. You just said you guys. Um, no, actually, you're right, Mark. It was sort of more Ian. Yeah, those dirty girls. Yeah, and I, I think, Mark, you were sort of taking the other side of that. Um, so you don't like those words, huh? Is that well, I guess, I, I mean, me personally, I think, I mean, I'm seeing that you guys are trying to sort of um, court a certain market in terms of the female demographic that you're, you know, you you let ladies come first on the phones, you have the mm-hmm. shine of female listeners, and so... I mean, that indicates to me that you're looking to sort of court a certain demographic. And so I'm not sure that that jibes with that. But, I mean, more of a concern to me is that uh, the libertarian ideal that you're sort of putting forth um, advocates freedom to me and, and the ability to sort of act as you will. Absolutely. You know what, Megan? Uh, hour number two is on the way. If you can hang on, I'd like to discuss this in a little bit more detail than we currently have time for. So right. if you please hold, we'll come back to you. I am getting chastised Free Talk Live being taken to task. Yes, chastised for my uh, choice of language. Uh, The toll-free number, 800-259-9231, hour two on the way. We'll bring back Megan and your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? 
You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Megan waiting very patiently in New York. Now, Megan, just a recap for all of our listeners uh, just tuning in at the beginning of this hour. You are essentially holding my feet to the fire. I have uh, used some... Some derogatory terminology in recent weeks uh, when talking about, I would, how would you describe them, more promiscuous women? Um, you're taking me to task for using the term slut on the air. And uh, was bimbo one of the terms that you were offended by as well? No, I guess I was more concerned with the term slut. Slut. Because you've used that more often than bimbo. So what is it that uh, was inaccurate about my use of the term slut, or what is it exactly that was offensive about it? Is it just well, the term itself or my inappropriate use of it? or? Well, no, I think my concern is sort of two things. That, you know, in trying to advance the libertarian ideal, I feel that, 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 that part of that is sort of the choice, the ability to make choices in your life however you choose without sort of people invading on that. Now, and wait, I'd like to uh, address that if I could. The libertarian um, philosophy doesn't, wouldn't preclude Ian from using terminology like that. I mean, it would just be, like, she can be a slut if she wants to be a slut, but I can call her that if she is, is kind right. of, would, would kind of be how that is. No, I would agree with that, because I think that in the libertarian, in the concept of, of liberty is the concept of freedom of speech. Right. But the repercussions of that, I think, is what I want to bring to your attention, is that think about how uh, the, the language that you use affects the people who are listening to you, and I think it perhaps could have the effects of ostracizing or isolating certain people. And the I second point that, that I want to case. bring up... But it was Anna Nicole Smith. Um, yeah, but it wasn't just about Anna Nicole Smith. It's you know, it's not just in that context that you've used that sort of language. It's in several different contexts. If it was just one time about Anna Nicole Smith, I, I would call it a one-off and not bother with it. But at the same time that you're sort of, you know, talking about Anna Nicole Smith, talking about cheerleaders, calling them sluts, I'm right. also hearing you sort of advocate concepts like, uh, you know, I remember a show where you were talking about photos of topless women by the side of the road in um, Holland and saying that that was a good idea to slow down traffic. I think there were actual topless women, uh, by the yeah, way. Actual, they actually, <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. I saw the video footage from it. Right, and saying, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And also, I didn't call them sluts, though. No, you didn't, but I'm not seeing, I guess, how those two jibe. I mean, I guess Anna Nicole, slut was, Anna Nicole Smith was being a slut for being in... Um, Playboy magazine, but the women in Amsterdam are not being sluts for standing by the side of the road. And I think, like, another argument that you also bring up is the, the sort of puerile nature of American society and that mm -hmm. if we were more open to conversations about sex and open to sex education and, you know, open to economies and these sort of discussions that, you know, we wouldn't have a lot of problems, that, as many of the problems we did with, you know, teenage pregnancy and abortion. I totally, and yeah, things. absolutely. And um, I'm not sure that, like, um, condemning women for their sexuality is helping that conversation. I don't know if I, I don't guess. know if I consider it condemning women um, for their sexuality. I just don't. Maybe maybe I could use a better term. I mean, when you're well, dealing with uh, girls who are acting slutty, what's a better word that you would prefer I use, Megan? 
I guess, I mean, I'm concerned by the concept of, like, girls acting slutty, and I'm, I'm not hearing well, guys that word act when you discuss, act, like, Guys are slutty, too. And, and that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I guess I've never heard you say, yeah, those 15-year-old guys are overly promiscuous, and I think they're really slutty. So I feel like it's a, a I guess I just don't, word, maybe word it's because, reserved for women. Maybe it's just because of the, the culture and the society that we live in. Um, it, yes, men are dogs. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I don't know if the word slut would really apply to a, to a male, um, I, I when well, you see, you pictures- know, the, she, she's making the point that um that that slut's a sexist term, and it is. Um, and you um never bow to society's rules on anything, yeah. and why should you bow to society's rules on whether I don't know a girl's if I'm a slut? Bowing, or not. I think I'm influenced by society. I think you are, but you're not influenced in basically any other. You won't allow yourself to be influenced in any other format. Now, I understand. Promiscuous? Would that be Nicole more? Smith has cultivated the had had cultivated the um, the whole persona of slut. I mean, you know, she was she was working on that. So I don't have any problem with that in particular. But um, you know, and when it came to the uh, teenage. Uh, cheerleader girls i can give you i've got another story tonight actually about uh teenage girls uh being in virtually nothing on myspace and uh i don't know what's a better term for this megan uh easy girls promiscuous girls uh sexually loose what what would be a more uh politically correct term to describe women like this i guess i'm not so much concerned with the politically correct i guess two things first of all the assumption that it makes like okay if somebody is on myspace um showing their bodies that they are sexually easy and even if they are you know sexually with more than one partner or with a partner when they're when they're legally underage to do so i don't know what that if that's something that's you know, if it's something that's bad, I guess if you have a ethics system that's I think based on I either think... law or religion, and I don't think you have an ethics system that's based on either, no, right? I, so I, I don't I think it's... See, I guess I'm wondering sex where isn't... your condemnation comes from. Sex isn't bad, per se. Uh, obviously, we've talked about that enough times on Free Talk Live. I'm all for people um, having safe sex. It's just that uh, I don't necessarily get the feeling that a, a girl that's going to be revealing herself in a uh, sexual fashion on MySpace, for instance, is going to be the most uh, safe sex person out there. That's a, a definitely a conclusion I'm drawing based on absolutely no evidence whatsoever, um, but it just would seem to me that an individual like that wouldn't really be too concerned with uh, with such With matters. safe sex? So it would be okay if she was having sex with multiple partners but she was using a condom? I don't think that necessarily having sex with multiple partners, even with condoms, is necessarily safe sex, uh, personally. I okay, think that but if you were having sex with multiple partners but not showing yourself naked on MySpace? Well, then nobody would really know, I guess. <laughs> then you'd be a secret slut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I just I, what's a be, what's a better yeah, I, term I, I mean, for a girl that really shows not to up. Hold your feet to the fire, but more to I guess ask you to think about how the things that you're saying affect I guess what effects they have on the people who are listening to you. Well, and, you know, if I worried about that all the time, then I wouldn't be able to say anything because obviously I'm going to affect people that listen to me either way. Some people are going to like what I have to say. Some people aren't. I think when it comes to describing a sexually loose, promiscuous woman, I just I mean, should I just not address that? I mean, is that what's... I, I, I guess I'm not really sure what about the term slut is offensive. It seems to be an <laughs> accurate term for certain people. And... It, I, I think the point is that, it, that it's, it's clearly a derogatory term. And I think that you're making a judgment on people based on 
your perception of their practices. That's true. Sure where, I'll agree where, with that. What, what that judgment, I mean, I'd be very curious to know what your judgment of their sexual practices is based on. Like, I know you're an atheist, and I know it's not religious-based. Like, you don't think that they're going to hell for having sex. And I know you're not so con- that you're not so concerned about um, law when it comes to sex. I mean, I know that you, you, right. you've, you've made comments about people having sex at 15 or 16 and it being silly that they would... Um, be tried as a sex criminal. So I guess I, I, I'm I, maybe wondering where your condemnation comes from. I don't know if it's uh, condemnation per se. It's just more of a uh, what I consider. I think an it's accurate... condemnation. Maybe yeah, I think a... that sex that slut is a derogatory term. There might be a little bit of condemnation. No, I think it's pretty derogatory. <laughs> I uh, it, no, I mean that's that much is true, and I, I I can see that. I when I'm looking at it though, I I. You know, a slut's a slut and a scumball's a scumball, the way I see it. I mean, if we, if we were to call, I don't know, I'm, I'm just picking somebody out of thin air here, and, and I don't know the guy personally. How about Tommy Lee? Um, you know, you pick some guy. He's a tramp. You pick some, well, yeah, he, he has probably had sex with a lot more women than, than us combined. But, um, but when you look at him, you know, he's covered in tattoos, he's got the long kind of, kind of disheveled hair, mm-hmm. he wears the ripped up jeans. I mean, would you feel badly if Ian labeled him a scumbag by the way he looks? I mean, I don't really have an opinion about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to figure out where where you're coming from on it too. I mean, slut yeah. is a sexist term. It is. It's a derogatory sexist term. But it's as Ian said, it's accurate in some cases. Anna Nicole Smith trying to get that title, and if she's not, she's doing a bad job of avoiding it. These aren't women. Or was. That, uh, these aren't women that uh, the women that I would label a slut aren't the people I would want to associate with. You just have some kind of thing for the cheerleaders. They're, I don't have a thing for them at all. Please. I think that the, I think that the behavior they engage in is dangerous to themselves and others. I don't have a uh, you know necessarily a moral qualm beyond the fact that I think it's just dangerous in that they could be uh, pro. Transmitting sexually transmitted diseases, and, and, I, and if you have got more to say, hang on, Megan. We're coming back with more free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight dot net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you and Mark one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. Live streams included. Broadband version of the show and a dial up version await you for free at freetalklive.com and. Don't forget to get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, Ron Paul, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get registered and uh, get in on it because time's running out. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum as we bring back Megan in New York. Now, Megan, you called in to talk about my use of the term slut. On the radio, and you're concerned because you like the show, you like Free Talk Live, but you're worried about how um, the use, uh, my use of that term, might affect some of our listenership. And I, I understand your concerns, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to slither my way out of this. I, I think you have a legitimate concern. However, on the other side of that, um, I also tend to call things like I see them. And if I see somebody, uh, if I 
come across a story in which I believe that we're dealing with, as uh, UrbanDictionary.com describes the term slut, a sexually promiscuous person, usually female, derogatory term, one who engages in sexual activity with a large number of persons, occasionally simultaneously. Looking to the definition of promiscuous, we see that it's characterized by or involving indiscriminate mingling or association, uh, having relations with a number of partners on a casual basis. I think it's the indiscriminacy of it all, uh, the lack of discrimination that I have a problem with, the the danger uh, that that essentially sluts um, provide to the world. Yes, they're providing sexual services to slutty guys uh, at the same time, but they're also, um, all of them are helping to spread uh, sexually transmitted diseases, and to that extent, I think that they are individuals who do deserve a, a bit of ostracism, not necessarily because they like sex, but because they're indiscriminate about it. Does that make sense? Um, I guess I'm focusing more on the term derogatory, on the derogatory aspect of mm-hmm. it than I am than than your focus on the promiscuous aspect of it. And I guess, and also I think, I don't know. In these modern times, I know that a lot of things are very dangerous, but I also think that uh, we've luckily been given the freedom to be able to make a lot of choices because of things like um, condoms and things that allow us to have sort of safe sex and make decisions for ourselves about how we're going to put in, ourselves in danger. And, and that sort of thing. That's I true, also, but... I mean, I know that you advocate for legalization of prostitution. Sure. I also think that that's something that's very important. I mean, I don't know, at the same time, are you saying that, you know, prostitution should be legalized, but we should ostracize these women? No, absolutely not, because prostitutes are actually, um, in the legal prostitution trade, they're very concerned with sexually transmitted diseases. I would say that's anything but an indiscriminate situation. So Um, then a slut is somebody, I mean, I don't want to really get into too much of semantics, but then a slut is somebody who's having sex without caring about if they're safe or not. But if somebody has sex with 10 people, but... Were right. safe about it? Would they not be a slut? I mean, again, this is semantics. It, well, then you called about the a word. With I mean, the term. It's okay. You did call about a word, so of course we're going to get into semantics. So yes, I believe a slut is somebody that uh, is having sex on an indiscriminate basis, meaning they just grab a guy or uh, and take him into a room and have sex with him. They're not concerned about even condoms. They're not concerned. I mean, even if they slap a condom on the guy, that doesn't necessarily insulate them from uh, sexual transmitted diseases in, in total. Uh, now, Becky, I, I it's think... It's not Becky, it's Megan. Megan? I <laughs> yeah, thought Megan. Megan. Oh, sorry, I couldn't read lips. Um, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I concur that it's a derogatory term. And I'm not sure I entirely, um, you know, am against Ian on this one, but I have this question. Were you offended by the term? You haven't claimed that one way or the other. I mean, I don't like the use of a, of a derogatory term that could be used against me. Okay. I mean, my, I, I think that my concern about a derogatory term would involve judgment on whether or not I'm inclusive in that. But, you know, I, I, I think that you guys feel free to make judgments about who is inclusive in that derogatory term or not without always having information. And there's a lot of other sort of derogatory words that I, I know that you guys opt not to use. Well, most of the time we opt not to use derogatory terms that have to do with somebody's race or, um, you know, things that they have, uh, they, they can't really choose in life. That's true. And to be fair, it's, it's not really fair to, for instance, to see pictures of a girl wearing uh, very revealing clothing or something like that on the Internet and presume that she is a slut based on the photos that she's posted online. However, certain people want to uh, exude 
um, specific elements about themselves, and I think if you dress in that particular fashion, you're inevitably, whether you like it or not, uh, going to be labeled ter- terms like slut. And I think that's just a you know reality of life in America. Maybe they aren't sluts, but you know they're dressing like they are. And- no, no. I mean, I don't think that way. I think that that those sort of assumptions are based on a value system that you allow yourself to have. And I, I try not to think that way. I try and think that we live in a progressive society where people can, you know, express themselves in certain ways or, or dress in a certain way without a value system being placed on that. Because I think it becomes a very slippery slope. Like, how low does your neckline have to be? You know, is it, mm. if it's one inch up, are you not a slut? If it's two inches down, are you a slut? I mean, that is a very sort of subjective certainly value is. system That's that an I excellent observation. away from. That's an excellent observation. Mark, you know, pensive. I, yeah, I, I am pensive. Um, you know, I'm sure, there's um, people are going to make uh, value statements on your neckline depending on how low it is. I mean, if you if you get that baby down to your uh, below your navel, then somebody might make some kind of value judgment on that. But um, slut's a real term for but that value system a is, real that something. value judgment is based on. I think a lot to do with what your you, you know what your what value system you have based on ethics and your upbringing and your right. ethical system that is inevitably influenced by religion, culture, mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, society, and what you've been raised in. And I think the point is to sort of raise above that and be able to be somebody who can make free decisions without the influence of, you know, God said your neckline is too low. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, Jesus I, wouldn't like that low-cut shirt. <laughs> I totally agree, and I think I've got a pretty good tolerance personally for, uh, Underst- for that. But uh, there's a line where you're that's coming, going to be crossed. Well, you're coming from, but um, you also wouldn't argue that somebody that has, um, you know, a woman that has uh, sex with 100 guys a year is probably doing her part to spread around all kinds of social diseases. Wouldn't you agree? I, I mean, I... I guess You're not maybe ready to I say have that? too much too much faith in, in in safe sex and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you do because um, let's talk about uh, crabs for a second. Let's talk about uh, genital herpes. Um, what those, about it? Those things cannot be protected from, or will not. The condoms necessi- not going to stop. Yeah, crabs. condoms not stopping that stuff necessarily. But then and it's equally, condoms if you are have made sex out of rubber. Hold on just a second, crabs, Becky. Condoms are made out of latex. I'm sorry. God, why do I want to keep saying Becky? <laughs> Megan, um, condoms are made out of latex, and sometimes that latex has flaws in it. Um, you're, you know, there's there's still chances um, when it comes to condoms. Condoms are not a hundred percent. So yeah, there's there should be a value judgment based on somebody who's. Doing and we like can that. sit here and talk about how we'd like it to go away and disappear tomorrow, but I the don't. fact is it's not going to. And people, both men and women, that are um, sexually promiscuous, I think should be ostracized. I think men are just sluts in general, and they need to keep it in their pants a little bit more often than they do. Well, um, they, they, they'll take it out when they have the opportunity. And, uh, Megan, thank you for bringing it up. Thank and you. I really She's do appreciate the call. And consider sending us a picture for the Shrine of Female Listeners. <laughs> Where the women most definitely aren't sluts. 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. What do you think about all this semantics? It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. 
That's the Packet8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and the bulletin board system with over 190,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting. It's all totally free and a lot of fun. bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to it for free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it now at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. You know, I want to continue talking about young people and uh, sexual promiscuity, but we've got to go to the phones first. It is a show about your call, so let's talk to Bert in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bert. Hello. Hey. Hello. I was just listening to one of your archives with that Gene Ray feller. Yeah, Gene Ray. I was trying to find one of them time cubes because I'd like to live a little longer. Yeah. I'm not sure that it uh, makes you live longer. Well, he said he puts four days in one 24 hours. Right. He is an amazing, amazing man, Gene Ray. He is the world's wisest man. Well, he was. I thought he was pretty good, and I was just trying to figure out where I'd get one of them time cubes. Well, Well, you can go to timecube.com. Maybe he'll let you order one. I don't know if he's selling it. I think it's a theory of his. I don't think it's really a a product, but there's certainly lots of information there. In fact, you could probably spend several hours scrolling through the main page there at timecube.com. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Bert. Good, Good try. Had a funny call. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line. We just got off the phone with... You know, uh, when we were on the rock and roll station, we used to get all kinds of people calling in with all kinds of yeah, funny voices. Yeah, much more talented than Yeah, her. doing lots of jokes and, and that kind of thing, and it was great. All right, so uh, enough of the uh, reminiscing, Mark. Let's continue talking about the uh, the topic at hand here, and that is uh, sexual promiscuity, young people, sex, sexually transmitted diseases. And what started all of this was uh, was Megan calling in with, uh, with I think, what was some genuine concern over my use of the term... Genuine and legitimate concern. ...slut uh, on the radio. And... Uh, I just want to go to a story, and then we'll continue talking about the issue. But this from Liverpool in New York. An internal investigation is underway in the Liverpool School District, Mark. The mm-hmm. superintendent is trying to find the person who created a MySpace website called Liverpool High School Hotties. It's an illicit site that shows several young girls wearing practically nothing. More than 120 students are featured on the website. If you've ever been on MySpace.com, according to WSYR.com, then you know most of the profiles are set up individually. This one shows several girls in different poses, which makes the district think that it could be a group effort. With this, And why it is the school district is investigating this, why they're making it their business, I don't know, I don't like, I don't appreciate that. But with a simple click, anyone can access the website, no password is needed. It shows several students, most of them between the ages of 15 and 18, of course, they're high schoolers, so that makes sense, wearing practically nothing. We showed the page to Superintendent Jan Matusek, saying, uh, she said, quote, We've done a lot in this district to talk about Internet safety, and here were quite a few of our high school students that had obviously not heeded any of those warnings. Tuesday morning, the district's director of security will sort through the photos. Hey, can you imagine getting paid for that? (laughs) And hopefully identify some of the students. The superintendent says she'll take several steps to find out who created the site. She says that may be contacting parents. It may be contacting authorities if we find things on there that are totally inappropriate. Chris Isbell's like what? Uh, MySpace doesn't allow for nudity. 
So I hate probably how not nude. you know when it comes to something illegal, the school goes directly to the cops instead of the parents. Mm. Chris Isbell's daughter's a freshman at the high school. She says it's disturbing to see these young girls showing themselves in erotic poses on the internet. So saying, it's Liverpool hotties. I'm not getting anything here. At yeah, I know you're looking, but I uh, it's not. They, I think they've taken it down at this point. <sighs> They've exposed themselves to there's predators out there who are getting on these websites and they probably don't realize that. Are you kidding me? Now, look, I know that kids these days uh, in many cases aren't as bright as they used to be. Uh, Young people aren't getting the education that they once did. But are they really that dumb? Do they I think really they quite not a, think? I, I think they understand the idea about predators a heck of a lot better than their uh, the, the previous generations. Yeah. Yes, I they, agree with that. They may not uh, they may not be so good at math or uh, history, but they, or that English stuff, mm. spellings. Uh, but do they really think that they can post uh, post their pictures online and not have any consequences come from that? That People all over the internet, all over the world, won't be able to see them. Isn't that the purpose of uh, why they post the pictures? Isn't it to show themselves off, to get attention from strange people on the internet, to show the pictures off to their friends and their classmates? I mean, if your classmates can see it, so can everyone else, guys. Do kids really think that way? If you're a young person and you know people that actually believe that the internet's some sort of a private uh, entity. <laughs> Message port. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 We spoke with some parents, uh, this is the news station, that uh, children were featured on this site off-camera. Some say their daughters had no clue they were on the page, while others admitted to it. Now, the daughters might not have had any clue they were on the page. But they knew but they'd, taken, they knew those they'd taken those photos. Unless they were so three sheets to the wind, so trashed at some high school party that they didn't actually remember taking the photos. But they knew they got drunk at that high school party. And here's the warning to everyone. Girls, boys, if you're taking pictures, they can end up on the Internet. That's a fact. It's I, inevitable, probably. I don't care if you're... T- I, don't know if it, I don't know if I'd go for inevitable. Depends but if, on how good your breakup is. If for some reason or another you're ha- taking pictures, w- having sex with your partner, mm-hmm. you're really opening yourself up for something bad to happen in the future. If the you, more revealing, if, the more likely something bad's going to happen. If it's a if it if you're a girl, you, man, your chances are high that you're going to be disappointed here. Sure. If you're a boy, you you're you're shooting your political career in the foot here in the in the yep. future. Not so good. Don't do this. So, uh, this all ties in again talking about girls uh taking off their clothes for cameras, having those pictures taken, uh uploaded onto the internet for virtually everyone to see. What are you supposed to think about a girl like that? I I don't know. If you're not supposed to think she's promiscuous, I don't know what you're supposed to think. I've been trained, and this is why Megan called in earlier, mm-hmm. is because I'm uh, I've been influenced by society to think that girls that are posing in these ways are a little bit easier than other girls might be. You know, it doesn't matter to me whether they were uh, encouraged to take off their clothes by giving them alcohol or beads at some, uh, you know, uh, event like a, a livestock, a, a concert situation where people are, are taking their clothes off for beads or a can of beer. Right. It doesn't if, matter if, to if me she'll what take her shirt off for, for some beads, what will she do for a $100 bill? Yeah, she'll do virtually anything. You know, uh, these kind of things are drawn into question. I just don't know. I, I think that Megan had some legitimate concerns, but I think that probably the, the best thing that could be said is slut's a sexist term. 
Okay. Well, yes, and it's it is a derogatory term generally used towards women. But then again, uh, the, the definition yeah. is. I love that, that the uh, the Urban Dictionary's definition is a woman who acts like a man. So yeah. therefore, man man being a derogatory men are term. are sluts. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and it really, I want to get back into the promiscuous aspect of things because, as Megan pointed out, I'm all for sex. I think sex is good. Sex is a healthy thing to have in a relationship. It's uh, it actually makes you healthier. It's a good thing. I I I like sex. I I encourage people to talk about sex. I think parents should be more open with their kids about sex and educating them about sex. But part of that education is safety. Sex is fun and it's a good thing as long as you're safe about it. If you're being promiscuous. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm lecturing here, but people need to understand these things. If you're being promiscuous, then you are putting people, and yourself, most importantly, in some serious danger. It's not going to be fun anymore when you have to worry about uh, what sort of diseases you're going to contract from having sex. Sex shouldn't have all of those things hanging over it. It should just be fun. But uh, people who are indiscriminate about their sexual behaviors are inevitably going to come down with something. Mm. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And so, yes, I do want to ostracize those people. Yeah, I don't see what the problem is with calling them names. Easy. Slutty. I wouldn't say a large uh, ostracization. They're not slutty because they're having sex. They're slutty because they're doing it promiscuously and without reserve. More is on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. What do you think? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live. It's your show. Give us a call and talk about anything you want to. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Packet Eight Hotline. And go to amp.freetalklive.com and help us to support the show. Ian, what's AMP do? Well, it's simple. It uh, stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And our listeners can go and explore the website, freetalklive.com, and find that, yeah, we really do give away all the features on the site for free. And then once you've realized what a value that is, uh, that we give you a year's worth of archives, et cetera, and all that more for free, then maybe you'll want to voluntarily step up for 3 bucks a month and support the program. That's what AMP's all about. Advertise, market, and promote. We take the money in and we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live, to getting the show on more radio stations, to getting on more internet connections, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. You'll also learn about some of the perks that you'll get access to and more. We've been talking uh, pretty much all this hour, at least, about, well... Semantics and uh, the word slut, S-L-U-T. It's a four-letter word, uh, derogatory, generally towards women who are of a promiscuous nature, an indiscriminate nature. And uh, as we talked with, with Megan earlier, she was holding my feet to the flames, and rightly so. She, I think, was a little bit offended by my, uh, by my use of the term. I am sorry that she was offended, but I don't know if I will avoid using it in the future. It's something to think about, that's for sure. Well, it seems to be an accurate description for certain types of women. Women who I personally don't want to have much to do with. I don't mind looking at pictures of them. (laughs) I mean, I'm a guy, right? But I don't really think what they're doing is safe for them, and I don't think what they're doing is safe for society in general. 
So I don't think there's a problem with a little bit of ostracism there. And I'd like to know what you think at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Idaho and talk to Flora. Flora, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, thank you, uh, first of all, for giving us some way of talking about what their issues are. And I consider this issue about the slut, you should be very careful, or we should be, uh, to call another human being such a derogatory name. My male parent was a child molester. Oh, my. And he took a gun. He was demonizing, and he was in a coven. And he took a gun when I was five years old and made my mother take all her clothes off and made a stranger, an absolute stranger. With his gun, he forced him to rape my mother. I was terrified of him. And um, my mother got put in a nursing home after 62 years, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to help her. And... um, I, my uh, male parent had raped me. I was, I, I'm 66 now, and oh I think I was about 62. And I beat the heck out of him with my fist on his head, but it didn't stop him. Wait a minute, wait, wait, slow down. You beat your father when you were 62? For raping me, yes. Okay, so he was still alive at that. I just wanted to make sure. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether or not it was happening at that time when you were 62. I mean, was he then 80? Yes, it was happening that time at 62. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to get just trying and to get a tr- clear picture here. That's okay, and thank you very much for the um, place to speak. Certainly, but, certainly. But um, my dad, or I, male parent, he wasn't my dad. Started a huge lie in the town that I was from. A huge a lie. lie. A lie. lie. Okay. Okay. A horrible lie. And he said, because I had to leave my poor mother in the nursing home to get away from him. And he told everybody that I was lying. And um, the day my male parent died, I I called my brother and asked him if I could come and help my mother, mm-hmm. take care of my mother. And uh, my mother didn't know about it because I didn't tell her. She was 84 years old. She didn't know about the rape. No, she didn't. Okay. And so she died thinking that I was an unworthy daughter, mm. thinking that I didn't care about her, and oh, no. he ran me out of town. I had to leave. I couldn't take the abuse. And um, now my children hate me, and my brother stole my inheritance from my male parent, and he told me that he, didn't, uh, that he hated me. And see, they all believe this lie, and I'm innocent. So it was your fa- your own father who was spreading lies about you. Yes, before and, he died, yes. And the lie was that you were sexually promiscuous, or what was the lie? Yes, and, and uh, that I was a no-good slut, and on and on. What? Because I didn't want to have sex with him. With a- you would think that in a smaller town, and it sounds like a smaller town, if, um, it was. if it was a concern, that they would know whether or not you were a promiscuous woman. These people only want something that they can make a big story of. Mm. And I do think there are women that are sluts, and I pity them that they have so uh, little love. They don't have a lot of self-esteem, that's for sure. No, they don't. And, and I feel sorry for them that they don't care what they do. The Native American, when they make a mistake, any kind of a mistake, they don't say, oh, no, I've done this terrible thing, oh, no. They just say, I was a victim of my actions. I don't like that part of me, and I'm not going to do it again. And then they go on through the, through the um, 
brambles and so on. So then you think there are appropriate circumstances in which to utilize that term. You believe there are definitely women who fit that description. It's just that yes. you've had a uh, negative encounter with people essentially libeling and slandering you. Yes, um, and, and there was nothing I could do. Everybody joined up. It was a small town. They all lied about me and this and that. It sounds like you made the right choice in leaving. Uh, that was, I did. That's probably what I would do. Yeah, I did, but um, I, I have to stick up for some people, there's little people in L.A. that are street people, mm-hmm. and they may appear to be sluts, but they're trying to eat. The place they came from was worse than the streets. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just ask from. everyone, yes, there are sluts, yes, but let's see what's deeper and probe and see why. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, Flora, at 800-259-9231. I, I don't even know what to do with the probe deeper <laughs> on the slut thing. Oh, gosh. The Packet8.net toll-free line. You can really bring up whatever's on your mind. So in uh, in Flora's mind, there there are sluts. Um, and just, she also said she to be careful with using the term. Use right? discretion uh, when when labeling people that way. And I agree with her. Um, yes. I and don't, I think that you probably could have used some more discretion in the I past. don't know any personally. I don't know any sluts personally. So I've never actually, not certainly in recent times, have I ever labeled someone in my personal life that word. I used it to describe Anna Nicole Smith. I think she's a uh, a, a sexually promiscuous low. I don't know of that she is um, sexually promiscuous, but she certainly fosters a uh, you know that that sort of aura. She certainly had sex with an older guy for his money. She's not someone I respect. She she could have loved her husband. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, then there are these girls that are on uh, MySpace. These uh, sort of typical trampy women today, these uh, high school girls, like the story we were talking about earlier, the 120 girls that were featured on MySpace on the Liverpool High School Hotties page, which uh, where they were wearing virtually next to nothing, uh, apparently, these girls aged 15 to 18, they, whether they are sluts or not are appearing as though they are sexually promiscuous. They're acting like it. They're acting that way. Now, many of them may just simply be playing games. Um, I don't know them. I don't know. But the point is, if that's the way you want to act and dress and have photos taken of yourself, whether you like it or not, people are going to label you as a slut. Right. If you're going to have naked pictures taken of yourself, at least get paid well for it. So that's my whole point, is that you know, if you don't want things like that said about you, then be very discriminatory about the body parts that you reveal. I'm not a prude. I like nudity. I'm all for it. It's just that the demeanor that the photos are taken in, the you know the looks on the girls' faces, uh, <laughs> you know, it's clear that it wasn't just a uh, a session between a, a caring boyfriend and girlfriend having themselves a little uh, private session. They are showing off for the camera. And if you want to be showing uh, showing yourself off in that way, whether you're a guy or a girl, I'm going to think you're easy. You know, whether it's true or not, that's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is the image that you put forth. Unfortunately, you have to be concerned with those sorts of things. And today's in today's society, girls are encouraged to put forth this image. And I'm, again, I'm all for sexual openness. I'm all for sex. It's just the promiscuity part. That bugs me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's good 
to encourage this sort of behavior. And I think the fact that parents don't talk to their kids about sex encourages them. part of them. the problem. Yeah, that encourages them. The sexual repression that we have in this country encourages kids to go in this promiscuous, slutty direction. And I think that's a problem, too. I just want people to be safe. I want people to be safe and have fun with their lives. And that's not going to happen if you've got crabs. 1-800-259-9231. I think I've made it pretty clear my position on this whole slut thing. Yep. You can call in about what's on your mind. On the way, the Consumer Price Index. We'll get back to serious issues here. Your call's about anything as well. Also, Mexico possibly decriminalizing some drugs on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line as we launch into hour number three. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And all of the features you'll find there are completely free. That's freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, let's change gears now that we're in a different hour and uh, talk about... The exciting issue of the Consumer Price Index. Good God, why do you want to talk about this? I think the Consumer Price Index is important because they use it. it this is how they uh, judge inflation, and they use it to sort of... They, meaning the government. Uh, the government, the media sort of plays in with them. Just well, the because government puts a report out, and the media right. just parrots it. And it, it's used to sort of give us untruths about uh, our monetary system and that kind of thing. Um Alexander Alexander writes in. He's a, sort of our uh, resident uh, economic wizard, and he's yes. he's there at the Mises Institute in in Alabama, and he uh, he's, he's published he, on LouRockwell.com. Yes, from time he, to time. he chimes in. You recently discussed the consumer price index and its use as a measurement of inflationary tendencies within the economy. I thought it'd be helpful if I added my two cents. The consumer price index was first Is that released two cents before or after inflation. Um, I'm not sure. We'll okay. find out. The Consumer Price Index was uh, first released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics in 1919 and has been published every month since. The reason they didn't start before 1919 is because we went off the gold standard in 1913. Mm-hmm. They really didn't need it at that point. Right. So Because because there was uh, gold backing the currency, there couldn't be inflation. Well, there could be uh, ch- var- variations in prices, but not inflation. Correct. It uses a statistical measurement of market prices to capture inflationary trends in select markets. The Bureau of Labor Statistics believes that by observing changes in prices of a wide variety of goods over a period of time, inflationary tendencies can be accurately tracked. Therefore, the CPI claims to measure the rate of inflation every month and what effect it's having on the prices of certain goods. Okay. The, the, what would be useful information? It, somewhat. Were it accurate? He's, he's saying otherwise. And um, he says that in some ways it is accurate. So it, it just kind of shows the shell game that's going on, too. Okay. The CPI is generally pretty straightforward, but there are different types of indexes. The CPI W, or CPI for urban wage earners and clerical workers, seeks to calculate the rate of um, change in the prices of goods that clerical, clerical or wage earners consume. The CPIU, or um, CPI for all urban consumers, observes the rate of price changes for goods that are purchased by all urban consumers. Hmm. The, um, the reason for a certain CPI is cited over 
Uh, another depends on what the statistic will be used for. But they never say, this is the CPI W, this is the CPI U. They just say this it's is CPI. The, C, the core CPI. They don't say any of that stuff. They just say CPI, Consumer Price Index. So the reason for, um, uh, laborers and wage earners tend to use the CPI W to calculate the needed percentage increases in wages so that their salaries can be kept up with Inflation. The CPIU is primarily used to understand the effect of inflation on the average consumer in any urban setting. For most intents and purposes, the CPIU is what is primarily used when discussing inflation and positive changes in the general price level. Okay. There is yet another CPI, and it's called the core CPI. The core CPI also tries to measure um, changes in prices of goods and services that urban consumers purchase. The main difference between the, C- the core CPI and the CPIU is that the core CPI discriminates against certain volatile products. The volatile products are con- um, consumption goods that are said to have very unstable prices that would subsequently bring about an unwanted sporadic movements of the CPI, if not otherwise removed. As a result, the core CPI usually excludes commodities such as food products energy goods, which are said to experience sudden seasonal changes in price. Okay. So this is the CPI that I'm talking about when I say, hey. They leave stuff out. They leave stuff out of the CPI. They don't put fuel in there. They don't put housing costs in there. They don't put, um, they don't, they don't put food in there, those kind of things. Okay. This is the core CPI. Now, um, it's my understanding housing is not in the core CPI. I could be mistaken. Alexander doesn't uh, address that. The core CPI is not used as often anymore and has been overshadowed by the Federal Reserve um, preferred core preferred personal consumption expenditures price index or the C, C, uh, excuse me the PCE and that is published by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. The, um, the core PCE uses data on personal consumption expenditures calculated by the national income and product product accounts to arrive at the rate of inflation. The core PCE also leaves out volatile food and energy prices. The difference between the core PCE and the core CPI is in method and not in necessarily what basket of goods is chosen. Okay. The Austrian school, this is, um, you know, what... what The liberties-oriented school. Right, of of economics here. The Austrian school position on indexes such as the CPI and the PCE is best understood via business cycle theory and the effects of monetary inflation policy. First of all, the CPI is an average of the changes in price of particular goods and services that consumers enjoy purchasing. When mainstream economists and politicians obtain... Um, at the rate of inflation put out by the CPI. They use it as a yardstick with which to measure the price changes of all goods. If there's a good that is increasing in price quicker than the CPI, then it must mean that, in, that there is some non-inflationary expansion for, um, or exp- explanation for that occurrence. Okay. In all reality, inflation is not a positive change in the general price level, but an increase in the money supply. That's exactly what inflation is. Right. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. It's not an increase in the price of goods. Prices going up is a uh, symptom of inflation. It's a reflection of it, right. Because there's more money out there, it takes more more money chasing the same amount, uh, the same number of goods. Correct. When the Federal Reserve prints out money, certain industries get the newly printed money first. This new money is then used by the industry workers to purchase certain goods and services that they desire. Like the military-industrial complex. Right. Austrian business cycle theory holds that the prices of those goods that come in contact with the new money first will rise first, and the chain reaction will then occur within all, um, almost all prices throughout the economy. And it, it will. It would be uh, too complex to get into discussion here as to why these prices rise and in what manner they rise, but the idea is that the increase in the income of wage earners propagated by Federal Reserve inflationary practice 
increases the monetary demands for certain goods and also tends to increase the real demand. Sometimes inflationary spending is concentrated in one or two industries. This results in what has come to be called an economic bubbles or isolated pockets of inflationary price movements. In addition, the use of such measurements as the CPI tend to steer the public's focus away from the idea that inflation could be anything other than a general increase in prices. See, this is what his point is. He thinks that the CPI is bad because it just sort of shows that prices are going up. It doesn't show why prices are going up. It obscures the cause of inflation, is what he's saying. It, it, maybe not obscures, but uh, because di- everybody just distracts. Accepts. Well, everyone it just accepts inflation. In- they, inflation is a reality, right? They That's they, the they just see it. take it as as it is, and they say, "Oh, well, the numbers down. It's two percent. It's no big deal. We can live with that." When inflation in fact, occurs all the time because the government's always putting new money into the um, increasing more um, right. the amount of money out there. When in fact, if in in fact, inflation itself needs to be opposed because the system is just bad. The system of printing money, fiat currency, and that's what creates inflation. It, it's absolutely true, and I have a quote from John Maynard Keyes that I'm going to read at the end of this. And he's not an Austrian school guy. He is not, but he has a great quote on this subject. Okay. <laughs> it is because of uh, CPI indexes that individuals have come to think of inflation as a positive movement of prices of goods and not an increase in the quantity of money brought on by the Federal Reserve open market operations. Okay. In other words, the CPI informs people that the cause of a of a rise in prices, well, a rise in prices. The CPI hides the idea that inflation can be independently measured from an increase in prices. Mm-hmm. What has been discussed is more of it's a... It's using the symptom to measure the problem. Right. It's more of a normative... And economic, it's a selective uh, view of the symptom. And it doesn't even mention the problem. Right. No, there's no there's no mention that the reason for inflation is that the government's Inf- dumping money. Inflation is the fiat problem. Currency notes into the market. It's inflation is the problem, but it's accepted as okay. I shouldn't say worthless. They have worth to them, but um, you know, virtually un- worthless. Unbacked yeah. uh, fiat currency notes into the market. Let's see. What has been discussed is more of a normative economic analysis of CPI as opposed to a positive economic analysis. Yet there is um, there are as many economists who have also have problems with the way CPI is actually calculated. So there you have it. The CPI and the PCE are just two more ways the government gets away with the crimes it's committing. So I guess um, the I, I guess that the core CPI is sort of the um, the tricky one, the one that they are they sort of lie about and they use that little less now. But they tr- they switch between these um, CPIs and use them whenever whichever the one's convenient. lowest, right? Right, whatever's convenient for them at the time. Yeah. Let me read John Maynard Keyes' very short quote: "By continuing the process of inflation, government can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens." I'm not sure what the unimportant part of my wealth is, but. Well, he supported it. it. Keen supported that. More on the way, 800-259-9231, at least as I understand it. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. And then again, the packet 8.net toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, and you can... Support the show by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. There's 35 categories of products for you to choose from. Free Super Saver shipping on many of their items. And great prices, great selection. You really can't beat it. Plus, a percentage of your purchase will go to benefit Free Talk Live if you shop and start your experience by going to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Amazon. 
www.freetalklive.com. And do you have a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton. Teach his child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich and order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800-657-5066. So, Mark, I mentioned earlier tonight that uh, there's some news out of Mexico. Since we talked about the borders and everything has seemed appropriate enough. Right. Mexican President Felipe Calderon's government wants to decriminalize first-time possession of small amounts of drugs in a move likely to draw criticism from U.S. anti-narcotics officials. Under the proposed legislation, users found for the first time with two grams or less of marijuana, that's that's a personal level of uh, possession. I'd say so. It's not a lot at all. No, not a lot at all. And small amounts of other drugs ranging from cocaine to methamphetamine would not be prosecuted. Now, sounds pretty good so far. It sounds like a step in the right direction. And on its face, I'd support it. It is, I believe, a step in the right direction. However, there was a very similar piece of legislation uh, that was being talked about in Mexico last year. Right. And it basically they... would have just decriminalized small amounts of pretty much everything. Right. The bill passing through Mexico's Senate on its way to Congress is a toned-down version of the legislation that Calderon's predecessor, Vincente Fox, pushed through last year, but later vetoed after angry objections from Washington. While the legally punishable amounts of drugs found on a first-time user are smaller than under last year's bill, and I, I don't recall it being, I recall last year's bill being smaller, but I, I'll take their word for it, the legislation appears to contrast with the tough stance Calderon has taken against drug trafficking. Since taking office on December 1st, he has sent thousands of troops to smuggling and production areas racked by violence that killed 2,000 people last year and has extradited top drug lords to the United States for trial because we all know that the uh, drug war is going to be uh, brought to a close by increasing the amount of uh, militarism of the police. That'll put a stop to it. That'll stop all the violence. That'll end the killing. Uh, ruling National Party, act, or ruling National Action Party, Senator Alejandro Gonzalez, who heads the Senate's Justice Commission, supports the bill, said on Monday that decriminalizing possession of small quantities of drugs and taking some pressure off of addicts would free up resources needed to pursue dealers. He says this isn't a legalization. We're going to go much harder against the drug dealers. So the allegation is that they're going to leave the little guys alone so they can go after the, the pushers. Which, again, why? Can't we just go all the way? Why do we have to have this mealy-mouthed crap legislation? I mean, I don't think people... I I, I support the direction they're going with it. It's and, just barely a step. Just and you're barely assuming, a step in the right You're direction. assuming that they're going to have any more luck or they're going to try any harder to go after the dealers. I mean, that could just be something that they're saying in order to get true. this through. That's true. Um so I don't I don't know that they will have any more luck or that they will try any harder and um obviously cracking down on the dealers is going to have all the same problems that uh, are associated with drug um that drug legalization that we talk about or illegal um prohibition that we talk about here all the time. Right. Um 
It's just they won't be throwing people in the clink for having a gram of pot anymore. Right. And and as far as I'm concerned, and that would be that's a big, good. That's a, that's a big help in this country. That would make, that would be a huge thing. And yes, um, Washington is going to get very angry about this. The politicians there see any sort of threat to uh, the status quo and the war on drugs as uh, as a major problem to be fought against. Indeed, Gonzalez said the Senate could vote on the bill as early as next week. The proposal then pass on to the lower house of Congress. Mexico is under intense pressure from Washington to crack down on Mexican cartels which ship heroin, South American cocaine, and locally produced methamphetamine over the border. But authorities, uh, which, by the way, they're only doing because it's illegal. If drugs were legal in the United States, all of those things could be produced right here in the good old USA. could be made here at home. That's right. No more need for outsourcing. But authorities are also struggling to control a growing problem with Mexico's borders as more drugs are consumed in cities and villages across the country. Gonzalez said part of the bill would facilitate the fight against illegal drugs by giving state governments more power to pursue dealers and by increasing prison sentences. All drug trafficking is currently the responsibility of the federal police. Repeat offenders proven to be addicts would face no charges for small-time possession under the bill. And Gonzalez said last year's legislation was blocked primarily because the quantities outlined were too large. So maybe, maybe Mexico is actually going to have the courage to go through with this without allowing the scary, scary people in the DEA and Washington, D.C. to step in between them and the right decision. I think it's it's a small step in the right direction, one that uh, could actually result in a little bit of extra tourism for Mexico as well. Uh, a little bit of drug tourism, for instance, uh, you've got Amsterdam, which has certainly a significant... It doesn't really open Mexico up for that, though. I mean, you're just talking about legalizing for first-time um, possession less than But two. it even says here repeat offenders who are proven to be addicts. Uh, but then again, how would, you, face how would you get um, first-time... How would you get uh, convicted the first time? If you're time not if, arrested. Right, if you're not arrested. So that's interesting. Uh, maybe they'll just remember you or something? Uh, it seems I, unlikely. But uh, but it could increase. I I don't ex- I don't wouldn't expect that it would increase it a lot. But it could increase some tourism to Mexico. I mean, if it becomes sort of known that uh, you can go down there and not face a Mexican jail cell for snorting a little coke. Or That's a frightening concept. Something like that. Uh, what going to a Mexican jail? It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Have you heard things? I I've heard all kinds of things. I, it seems to me that uh, I the last place I would want to go to jail is a third world country. It makes uh, makes Where prison in the U.S. The seem like club med, well. huh? Yeah. So I think that might encourage a few more people to go to Cancun and that sort of thing. Maybe uh, get a little score a little bit of pot and not have to worry about it. That's kind of nice taking that burden off of the tourism industry because people that go on trips, whether they're business level people or people just looking to have a good time, they like to have their drugs and. Nobody wants to get arrested for it, so that could be a good thing for them, for their tourism industry. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Washington's response is going to be here. I don't predict it's going to be very positive. Don't predict it's going to be very happy. No, I don't think that they're going to be real happy with And that, they but... might use it as another excuse to crack down on the border. I don't know what, uh, how they're going to play this off. I know that when... Between immigration, terrorism, and drugs, the, the border is going to be a really unpleasant place. It, yeah, it already is, and it's getting worse. As we talked mm-hmm. about in hour number one of the show, they've got exit interviews, all kinds of ver- very totalitarian things going on the on roving the Roving patrols inside the United States looking for, I don't even know what... And uh, Just stops. when Canada was talking about more liberal um, laws on in regards to marijuana, the DEA and uh, the Drug Administration got very upset, mm-hmm. and they threatened Canada with uh, trade restrictions over this. Canada. 
yeah, they threaten Canada, so you know this is going to come Mexico's direction as well. I just hope they have the courage to push through this and make this decriminalization bill happen. Because it is a step in the right direction. It will show, uh, it will keep people out of jail cells. Innocent people who've never harmed anybody else. People that just wanted to get high. Nothing wrong with that. People by nature want to uh, modify their existence. They want to alter their states. It's human nature. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. Tis the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. Enjoy those. That does include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Uh, Shrine.freetalklive.com gets you to it. There are dozens and dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo, and uh, we put them up on our shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Many would say that it's Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th of 2007. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who support your freedom. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're talking about a few moments ago how Mexico is actually considering, and I think it's about time for this, they're considering partial decriminalization of most all drugs. Uh, They're going to allow for partial possession in that you can have under two grams of marijuana, a, a small amount of methamphetamine, a small amount of cocaine, Uh, They didn't go through the laundry list of the various different drugs, but I got the impression that it was going to be pretty much all of them. So you can have a uh, a personal use amount of these drugs and not fear arrest in Mexico if this law goes through. And I hope they do it. In similar similar news, I also hope that uh, Hawaii takes some action on something they're looking at doing. According to the AP, a bill to legalize some prostitution in the islands has the backing of at least 14 state lawmakers and many women's rights advocates. Huh. Supporters say they mainly want to start debate of the sensitive topic and explore alternatives to decades of selling sex on Honolulu streets. They include 13 co-sponsors in the House, one sponsor in the Senate, and the Hawaii Women's Coalition, whose members represent more than 200 organizations. And it makes sense that women's organization uh, organizations would be behind an effort like this, because if you care about women... You should want to get them off the streets and out of the dangerous business of black market prostitution, if you care at all about women. Right. I mean, you know, as many problems as prostitution can create, uh, you know, communicable diseases, um, legalizing it can address some of these issues, and it certainly takes out the very worst, most violent portions of the equation. Absolutely does. House Bill 982, though, might not pass this year. It appears unlikely the bill will even get a hearing this session. And this is a problem that uh, we see with the war on drugs. We see it with the war on prostitution. Even though there's, in many cases, significant popular support for these ideas. Right, people willing to engage in a debate. People don't want to engage in that debate. 
Right. For instance, uh, anti-drug organizations here, or anti-drug war organizations here in the States, have many times challenged the drug warriors to open forums, public debates, and they get turned down time after time. They don't want to talk about it. They have the status quo. The right. status quo is in their corner. They like it just fine. They if love you don't their, follow big our bu- rules, their big budgets. You, if you don't follow our rules, you're going to go to jail. We don't want to talk to you about this crap. Right. Shut up and obey the rules. Well, it's because, That's all they have to say. Right. They And maybe it's because they know they're wrong. Maybe it's because they know what they're doing to people is just despicable. That is, locking, in the, uh, locking individuals into jail cells because they engaged in what is uh, considered a consensual crime people to adults whether they be an individual selling drugs to another individual purchasing them or a lady selling or a man selling sex to another individual who's purchasing it the you have two adults making a decision to contract with one another for products and services there's nothing wrong with that and we need to start talking about it here in the united states and around the world where there are similar laws The decriminalization bill in Hawaii would permit sexual favors done in private and it would designate areas where prostitution is allowed. Uh, The Reverend Pam Vessels of the United Church of Christ in Kalaupapa on Molokai said, In general, talking about sex is scary for people. Do we really care if consenting adults are engaging in sexual acts for money? I don't I, know why we would. I, I think it's an excellent question. You know, we, we asked, um, if you remember, this, is, this has been years, but um, Todd, before he became a show host, mm-hmm. um, he called in and we asked him about it. And he said, oh, I, I, I can't even answer that. I, I've got a wife. <laughs> that was his reason for not answering. Whoa, wait a minute. That's I'm not suggesting that you would go to the hooker. I'm just saying, don't you think that somebody who's not in a committed relationship right. should be allowed to, you know, contract with a hooker? Whoever it is, an old man, business travelers, there's all kinds of different clients out there. Well, business travelers usually implies that they're, you know, they're traveling away from home and uh, therefore breaking their vows. Um, I don't know about that. There are plenty of just, single business travelers that are looking for a little bit of action. Well, when they why go not places. stay at home? And uh, why not get action at home then? Then you're not a business traveler. I. Just you just use the terminology. About business travelers. I'm just saying you use go. the terminology as to differentiate that they're traveling. Anyway. Uh, the bill's advocates hope more lawmakers will support it as time passes. A resolution could be introduced asking the Legislative Reference Bureau to study the proposal. Soliciting prostitution carries a $500 fine and up to 30 days jail time. And, and usually your name in the paper. Yep, and uh, that's all jail time that the taxpayers are paying for. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay to keep people like that in a jail cell. They aren't hurting anyone at all. I don't want to pay for it. In fact, I think they're helping people. I think if you were to legalize prostitution, you'd see rape instances go down. I I think you would, too. You would have prostitutes who would be able to legitimately advertise their services. You could open up to the phone book, and if you're some freak who's really into violent sex, guess what? Somebody out there will supply... Some kind of right. simulation like that for There's you. There's going to be a lady out there that's into receiving that sort of thing. I'm telling you, there are people like that. I don't know if you believe me or not, but it's true. I've talked to them. 
it, and besides perhaps perhaps diminishing cases of rape, um, it would also um, I've I've heard psychologist a psychologist speculate that it, uh, in, it increases people's mental health. It takes a lot of the people who are on the fringe of uh, slipping into people who aren't getting sex. You mean people people who aren't getting human touch? I see. And um, if they're able to pay for that, that it, it helps keep them. On this side of the More fringe, sane, on, yeah. and, as opposed to on that side. So it, it decreases homelessness. Representative understood. Bob Herx says it's one of those bills, you do it for public dialogue instead of trying to get it passed, said one of the co-sponsors. Prostitutes have a hard time getting help if they're hounded by the police in addition to facing the dangers of their profession, said Tracy Ryan, the head of the Hawaii Libertarian Party. Extensive arrest records make it difficult for them to find legitimate jobs when they want to get out of prostitution. So, again, it's a self-perpetuating problem. The fact that it is illegal to be a prostitute makes you look bad because you've got a crime on your record. Right. Once you're convicted of a, a prostitution, you're a hooker you for can, the rest of your life right, as far as everyone's concerned. All you can do, all you know, is hooking. Yeah. Extensive arrest records, uh, by criminalizing them, you're only adding to their problems, said Ryan, and she's absolutely right, or he, I'm not sure if Tracy is a man or a lady. Honolulu police made 339 prostitution arrests in 2005, 255 in 2004, accounting for less than 1% of total arrests according to annual crime reports. Those are 339 people whose lives could have been uninterrupted. Those are 339 people who had to spend hours, maybe even days, being processed by the system and going to jail and having Dealing with the cops and God knows right. what happened to him in jail. Bad things can happen. Major Kevin Lima, the commander of the Narcotics and Vice Division, says he opposes the bill because it would be more difficult for police to investigate child prostitution if paying for sex between adults were legal. Oh, we're doing it for the children, Mark. We're keeping prostitution illegal for the children. Are, isn't it always for the children? Uh, I wonder, they made 339 prostitution arrests in 2005. How many child? How many were children? Right, how many? Hmm. Are you finding them there, buddy? Honolulu has a long history of prostitution, from red light districts of Chinatown during World War II to the streetwalkers in Waikiki. Prostitution remains a problem today in part because Hawaii is such a popular tourist destination. These people women... coming in, people going out, you never know. Yep. Um, you, know you can't look for your... Uh... Standard criminals. Some spokeswoman for the Hawaii Catholic Church and the executive director for the Hawaii Family Forum said these women should be helped out of their situation, but legitimizing them is not the answer. You, Kelly Rosati, hate women, apparently, and you hate freedom. More on the way, 800-259-9231. Should we legalize prostitution? Your thoughts if you make the call. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we need your vote. It's a once-a-month sort of thing. You can go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute's time. All you need is your email address. Very simple. And it makes a big difference for us when you vote for the show because the more votes we have, the higher we are in the podcast rankings. I believe we're number two. Right now, in the I world? believe we've. I believe that darn Potter kid has knocked us out of the uh, number one slot. Yeah, I, he's a tough one, that I Harry Potter. Don't like him much. I can tell you. you know, I used to think the books were great and everything, but with these darn Until this. Potter cut podcasts. Well, yeah. anyway, uh, your votes still make a difference, even being in the top ten. So we're at number two right now. It's still good because more people are going to see the show, come across the message of freedom and liberty, and it just takes a moment for you to vote. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. 
Do you and your uh, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Talking about the Hawaii proposal. It is a uh, a legislated proposal, a uh, a piece of legislation that is purporting to legalize at least partially, uh, at least a good chunk of the prostitution business. Talking about allowing sexual favors done in private and designating areas where prostitution is allowed. It's a step in the right direction. Uh, I, I certainly support it. I think it's uh, better than total. Uh, a total ban on prostitution. I don't know if you have to go through all of the rigmarole of what they're trying to do. I think that all you really need to do to solve the problem of prostitution is to fully legalize it, to uh, decriminalize it or legalize it, whichever term you want to use, make it so people can do this as a legitimate business. And you will see that if you take those steps, instead of what they're doing here, and that is saying, okay, you can be a streetwalker between Main Street and Third Street. Mm -hmm. We don't want women walking the streets, do we? I don't want that. It's it's nasty. It's the low end of the business. Right. And it would be eliminated entirely. Streetwalkers would be eliminated, and pimps would also be eliminated by legitimate business people who would be able to run brothels out of their homes or business locations, and people would go to them like they do in Nevada and purchase sexual services. It's private. It's, uh, it's safe. They're inspected. They're, seriously, there are sexual inspections that go on mm-hmm. at these legitimate brothels. People want to know that the prostitute that they're visiting and paying for doesn't have some kind of Horrible communicable disease. Right. Try getting a certificate of cleanliness from the woman walking the street at night. That's just not going to happen. No. But yet, for some reason, there are still people out there who aren't the police. The police are against this because they love their big vice budgets. But uh, Kelly Rosati, uh, spokesperson for the executive director, or she's the executive director of the Hawaii Family Forum, (laughs) she says these women should be helped out of their situation, but legitimizing them is not the answer. Oftentimes, she says, the point at which a woman is arrested is where help begins. Really? What kind of help does she get getting a job later? None. None. Kelly. This is exploitation, Mark, and the woman deserves to be helped out of this industry. I would concur, but I would say the only way to... I wouldn't concur. It's not exploitation. I would Some co- women... Uh, helped out of the industry, I think, is probably... It, it's, it's not a great thing. I wouldn't think that What's life, not a great is a, thing? life as a hooker is not a good thing. I don't know if you've been around for the interviews that we've had with prostitutes over the years. Uh, I guess I have. But it depends on who you talk to. Now... In the black market prostitution world, the low-end prostitutes, the whores, the hookers, are the streetwalkers. And as I understand it, they represent approximately 15% of the industry. A minority of the industry are streetwalkers. The majority of the women in this industry are in-call girls and out-call girls. Right. Women whom you can uh, telephone and have them come to your residence or place of business for some sexual activity, or you can telephone them and they will have you come to them. 
uh, d- depending on how they're running their business. And that's the way most of it is. If anyone's being exploited in the prostitution industry, it's the streetwalkers, the ones who are essentially probably crack addicts, meth heads, mm-hmm. women who are hooked on drugs, and they get together with uh, somebody who's going to pimp them out. He takes a percentage of their uh, of their money and, or, and gives them drugs or whatever it is that their deal is. If anyone's being exploited, it's them. And they're being exploited because the industry's illegal. If you turn it over to uh, the legal world, if you turn it over to business people, go to Nevada, go to the Bunny Ranch, and ask those women if they're being exploited. They'll tell you they're taking those suckers for a ride, baby. A hundred bucks an hour or two hundred bucks an hour or whatever the heck it is that they're charging. Some incredible... Some. They're exploiting their customers, in my opinion. I, I, of course, I don't really believe that. It's a voluntary transaction between two individuals, one trading cash, the other uh, trading their time and efforts, and they both walk away satisfied. In fact, I bet if you're not satisfied by the Bunny Ranch, there's probably a money-back guarantee. Oh, I suspect there's not. But There's probably some sort of satisfaction guarantee. I know probably, I'd have one for my prostitution business. Probably something. Uh, So... It's just not true that it's exploitation. The 85% of the women in the industry... I didn't say that it was exploitation. I you said, said you it, agreed with that statement. I, I said that I agreed that it was... Um, I, I, I was saying that I didn't think it was a good life. And that's your opinion. And they would probably disagree with you. The ones that have, uh, for instance, paid for college by uh, this particular trade, the ones that have put their kids through college through this particular trade, some people who perhaps... Um, they, they've found this a very lucrative business. While you have the body, you might as well use it. And if you're doing it in a safe way, in a safe business, where there's sexual transmitted disease testing going on, the, the risks are relatively low. I would say you've got higher risk being a porn star than you do being a prostitute in the state of Nevada. I think you might be right. Because in many cases, porn stars are right. Who's having certified there? protected sex. There may be some certification involved, but I don't know to the extent... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so she says it's exploitation and the women deserve to be helped out of this industry. Well, 85% of the women go into it on a voluntary basis. And the, it would be 100% if the business were legitimate. And you know what? I think women like Kelly Rosati are just jealous of the women that go into prostitution. She's probably a little frumpy, you know, a little on the ugly side, maybe a little plain Jane. Just a little jealous. I'm not saying that prostitutes in general, uh, streetwalkers, are beautiful or anything like that. You've got to go to the in-call girls and the out-call girls uh, to get the ones that are, are, are attractive. But I think she's a little bit jealous of the women that can and do have sex for money. Anyway, others argue the real issue is that homes and businesses, uh, business owners do not want prostitutes in their communities, and they don't get much help in jail, said, the, uh, said Meta Chesney Lind, a University of Hawaii criminologist and the author of The Female Offender. Uh, it's certainly true that they don't get much help in jail, but I think that homeowners and business owners who are getting uppity about prostitutes being in their um, communities need to understand they're there right now. Those prostitutes, they're there now. And if you legalize the business, you get them off the street level, which essentially makes them invisible. Now, okay, yeah, inevitably if we're going to have legitimate prostitution, there's going to be business locations where there might be signage and that sort of thing. But we already have adult video stores, and I'm A lot of people you, don't like those either. I know they don't like them, but we don't want to make that illegal too, do we? No. Okay, so let's just allow 
people to conduct business in the way they want to. If you don't want to rent to them, then don't rent to them. If you're a business owner or a landowner in Hawaii or wherever this goes to be legal, and you have a problem with prostitution, then you and your little friends who have a problem with prostitution can all go buy houses in the same neighborhood together, and you can keep those whores out if you want to. But for the rest of us that enjoy freedom and for the rest of us that appreciate the uh, the freedom to do business and transact business with others on a voluntary basis, why don't you just let us the F alone? How about that? 800-259-9231. Here's a quick question for you from the bulletin board system, Mark, to get your answer on it. It's from some guy whose name I can't even read. Joe. He says, I'm having to make a tough choice. I think I've made my decision, but I want to see what you have to say. Here's my situation. I have two possible love interests. They're almost the same person, both libertarians, both atheists, and pretty much we have everything else in common as well. I have to decide which one I want to be with, and the only factors I have to go by are the hot girl doesn't smoke marijuana and the cute girl does. I myself am an everyday pothead. It doesn't bother the hot girl that I smoke, but she has vowed to never do it. What do you think? You're telling me that the girls are exactly the same, and the only difference is hot or pot. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody shared my interest, I, I would probably consider that strongly. Um, you know, hot's great and everything. I don't know. I don't know. That's Go with the, the cute strangest one. thing. Go with the cute one. They're both going to get older, get over the shallowness, and enjoy smoking a bowl with your new girlfriend. It's Vinny in here with you. Uh, and Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.